Welcome to Understandable Solutions, the podcast where we discuss business and current events, those important issues that impact our world. Our goal is that you walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. Here's your host, Jeff Newkirk. Hey, today on the Understandable Solutions podcast, I have an awesome, awesome guest, Mr. Terry Weaver. Terry, welcome to the Understandable Solutions Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much, Jeff. And thank you for taking the time. Yes. So a little background on Mr. Weaver. Terry grew up in San Bernardino, a suburb of L.A., Los Angeles. After graduating high school, he enlisted in the U.S. military as a Navy corpsman. Can you tell me what a Navy corpsman is? Yeah, they're basically medics for either the Navy or the Marines. You kind of... um you get shuttled down one path. I got shuttled down the Marine path. And so I was in the Navy, but I served with the Marines the whole time that I was in. Okay, cool. And you were deployed as a combat medic with the Marines and served a tour of duty in Kuwait and Iraq from 02 to 03. Thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Well, it's my, my personal opinion that we do not honor our servicemen and women enough. So anytime we can give gratitude, we have to. It's, we we just, it's a necessity. Thank you. So it's important. After five years of active duty, you received an honorable discharge. And then you attended Mays Business School at Texas A&M. Why A&M? Oh, man. So I came out to visit. Because you're from California. That's right. Yeah. I came out to visit a a good friend when I was going through some really tough stuff. And it was a, uh, uh, it was a break from the chaos basically. And he said, you know, I'm going to A&M and this is a guy that I used to live with my best friend. He was in the military. And he said, one thing I like about A&M is they're very um, respectful of the military. They favor the military. They're pro military at the school. And uh, you get this cool ring when you when you graduate. And so I went and checked those things out, and, and he was he was right. They are pro military, and mm-hmm. uh, they give out a cool ring. Well, they don't give it out, but they give you, you the to right to buy it yeah. at the end of your education. So but it's a big ceremony. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the uh, culture, and uh, the business school there is fantastic. I was fortunate to get into it. Yeah, it, it's a great university. If I would have known more about A and M when I was. At that age, getting ready to go to school, college, I would have gone to AM. I mean, everything they do just seems to be the right thing. Yeah, they, they got it. They got it going on. Their culture's big there. Not to mention they have a pretty decent football team. They do this year, at least. I mean, it's okay. It's well. They're up and down, honestly. Had a pretty big win over Alabama. That this was pretty exciting. It happens every six years, seven years. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you received the Pat Tillman Foundation scholarship. Established in the namesake of Army Ranger and NFL star player Pat Tillman, who was killed in action while serving his country. I remember that well. Terry earned, you earned a Bachelor of Business Administration in 2011 and completed your Master of Arts in Biblical Studies in 2020. Why Biblical Studies? Well, you know, I wanted to understand the Bible. Um and uh, I think I may understand it maybe 10% now that I have my master's degree in biblical studies, 10% more than I did beforehand. But 
there's just a lot to try to absorb reading through scripture. And so I wanted to have some formal training. I never did it to, I just, it was a personal growth, personal understanding of scripture. I was willing to put in the hard work and spend the money. And um, so that's why. That's awesome. So I set a goal for myself. It was in 19, 2019 to read the Bible cover to cover. And I did, but I don't understand it. Kind of painful, huh? <laughs> well, you know, and I, I think back to certainly the Old Testament, and if I were to just open up the Bible for the first time to the book of Judges, that would probably scare me from reading anything else in the Bible. Yeah, and, and Judges is a little easier to understand than some of them. I mean, dig into Numbers or Leviticus. They're brutal. Pretty gory stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, those... Uh, I was in a conversation with a friend the other day, and he's like, man, if we were like the guys in the Bible, I mean, we'd make the guys today look like pansies. I mean, these guys were men. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, I'm sure that uh, you learned a lot in biblical studies and use it often, certainly in your work today. So you spent over a decade in sales and marketing, and while doing so, you founded Vell Institute, a nonprofit that helps veterans advance in life through leadership and entrepreneurship training. And in 2019, you wrote and published The Evolution of a Leader, a book about the principles, habits, and mindsets of the greatest leaders of all time. Could you like just like one takeaway from that book? I know there are probably many, many takeaways, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm passionate about leadership, you know, maybe just one or yeah. two nuggets. Yeah. I think the one that stands out came from a Marine Corps general and he said, uh, you know, one of the greatest characteristics of, of leadership is, is uh, affection for your people. And I'm talking about the affection that's close to love, loving your people, pulling them in as family members and really taking care of them. And this is coming from a, uh, this is coming from a general who has been in charge of thousands of Marines who mm -hmm. have gone out and killed people and taken, you know, taken territories and, and gone full-blown war. And one of the greatest- So he's a tough guy. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah. And he's commanded thousands of Marines. And he says the greatest character, characteristic of a leader is, is affection for your people. I thought that was powerful, especially coming from- That him. is powerful. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, the Simon Sinek book that he wrote, uh, Leaders Eat Last. Yep. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I am. You have to really love and serve those who you're responsible for. Agreed. And make them feel safe, according, yeah. to, according to Simon Sinek. Um, and in 2020, you wrote and published A Dark Day in Texas, which is an Eli Ridge novel. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's that's that. I had a lot of fun. So there's a long story behind this. I don't know if you want to go into it now, but it is a fiction novel about okay. a young man. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so sounds cool. So this, this is uh, something that I started doing because I was uh, writing the backstory for a character that I had to act out on screen. I got a okay. role as a detective, uh, as an actor, as a detective. And one of the things to, to emulate your character on screen, sometimes they say you need to have a backstory. And this is what the, the pros say. So I just started writing my backstory. And I had so, so much fun with this exercise that I just kept going. I turned it into a novel and I had a blast because... Fiction is a version of reality. Now it's all mixed up and blended, but I pulled stories from my own military history and my own 
childhood and I turned it into this fictional account of a young man who is coming back from war, who wants to become a police officer and all hell breaks loose. And I had a fun time with it. That, that sounds really cool. Very cool. And then you wrote the book, uh, all my best, a book of wisdom and encouragement for a better life. Yeah. So some nuggets out of that one. Definitely. It's a fun book. It's a, a short book. It's 175 pages, kind of like a chapter you can read a day to get some encouragement out of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good. And then the latest whitewashed tomb. Looking forward to that one. This is a sequel to a dark day in Texas. And these guys, five years have gone by things have changed in their life and they're onto some big things. And that one's about to come out, right? That's right. Yeah. It'll be out by the time this lands. Yes. It will. Awesome. And you were selected as the lead actor in the forthcoming, which is now out, eight-episode TV series, Breaking Strongholds, which is filmed in Montgomery here in Texas. That's right. Very cool. Yeah, the show is being premiered locally to select audiences. Um, It's not ready for distribution. It will be soon, though. Okay. And where will where will we be, we be able to see that? I can't say which platform, but it'll be on one of the bigger streaming platforms. That is that is very cool. You got to be excited about I'm that. Pumped, man! It's going to do a lot of good. Yeah, and because I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Sounds good. It, it sounds like a, a really good uh, storyline, and it's going to be inspirational. To all, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's one of those you don't see every day because every day in society we see stuff that goes against everything that's right and good. But this seems that it's right and good. Yeah, I agree. So good for you for standing up, for doing the right thing. Thank you. And living it every day. And you are happily married to your wife, Shelly. You have four children, and you live in a suburb of Houston. So you stayed in Texas. You've been in Texas since you left California. Yeah, I actually returned for about a year and a half, and I thought to myself, why did I go back to California? I need to get back to Texas. Just Yeah, I prefer it. Pretty awesome place, isn't it? Now, the best part of your bio is this, in my opinion. His life mission, your life mission, is to inspire those he loves and the world through his faith, creativity, and writing. And you can learn more about Terry Weaver at terryweaverbooks.com. That is a really, really important, awesome mission. How did you come up with that? That took a lot of work, actually. You know, to come up with a life mission yeah. is not something that you just kind of stumble upon. So mm-hmm. I, I specifically... But I most would, don't. No, no. Don't spend the time in determining what is our purpose in life. Yeah. And what do we? What does it take to get there? Yeah. So, yeah, please continue. There's a couple tools you can get to create one of these mission statements for your life. The one that I chose came from a great mentor. You may be familiar with him. His name's Bob Koenig. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's just, man, he's an incredible guy. He took me through a book called Three Big Questions. Okay. And this helps you formulate your life mission, vision, and purpose. And that is a condensed version that I that I put in my bio. I have a screenshot of it on my phone. So every time my phone lights up, I see it. So know, you're living it, man. Myself. I try to. I try to. Yeah. That's great. And I'm sure you have your own set of core values. You know, it's very important that we all have our own value structure that we live by every single day. Those non-negotiables, those those things that are the, the line in the sand that we won't cross, uh, the things that help us make a decision every single day. And what I what I do and I tell people that I work with 
put your core values on a sheet of paper right next to your computer. So you're looking at it every day and you're living it every day. And you see it, it's a reminder. So when those big decisions come up and you're challenged ethically, because we all get challenged, right? It's, it's inevitable. You will be challenged. It's going to be there staring you right in the face to do the right thing. Yeah, it's good advice. It's important. Yeah. So how did you get involved in writing? Well, I think this is a culmination of things. You know, I, I got to spend some time around leaders from, you know, early on to when I was in my my mid-30s and spent some time in the military and learned from, from some good and bad leaders there. You know, you kind of learn from the bad ones too. Of course. And then... Sometimes I, you learn more. I got started in VEL, uh, VEL Institute, and we studied a lot of leadership books, personal growth books. So I okay. had this accumulation of things, of knowledge, of what I'd read and learned. And one day I just said, I need to write a book. And uh, that was it. You know, you, I'm the kind of person when I make my mind, my mind up, I'm just going to create a plan and do it. So that's what I did. The book was out. It so was like you, you woke up one morning and said, I think I'm going to write a book. And like, a, you know, what months later the book is done. Uh, yeah. It actually took about 90 days to get it pinned. 90 days, 90 days. And then Jerry, the that's incredible. And there's a lot more to it after you get the writing done, as you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> from the first time that I thought I want to write a book till the time it was actually done, which years. So not 90 days. <laughs> so nice work. Thank you. Nice work. And obviously you love writing because you have four books out there and I'm sure you have more in kind of you're thinking about. Writing. Yeah. So I love writing for a couple reasons. I do love the process of writing. It's fun when you get into it, you know, when you get into flow and, um, but the reason I've chosen to write is because well, there's a couple reasons, but I, I, I read a quote in Andrew Carnegie's biography written by Andrew Nassau and uh, Carnegie basically, now he, he was a multimillionaire, one of, mm -hmm. probably the second, third wealthiest person in the world. Mm -hmm. And he, he made a statement that uh, wars and, um, you know, wars and guns, they've kind of had their time. If you want to leave a lasting legacy, you have to handle the pen well. And so you have to write and you have to That's leave profound. something behind. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wish I had the exact quote. I have it on my wall. It's it's a long one, but mm -hmm. uh, it made a major impact in me. Awesome. How do you get the ideas for your books? I mean, well, you, you talked about from the leadership, yeah. your you know, time in the military and the different leaders that you've worked with and, and been with. But Yeah, you know, you know, I think, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I want to leave this place a better, better place than when I showed up. That's and your I, mission. Yeah. And so... I believe my medium to do that is through writing. So I choose topics that are fun, topics that I'm interested in, interested in. And I think this uh, divergence to writing and fiction is, is something that I'll stay with because I think fiction is per it's powerful. Mm -hmm. Fiction, um, media, entertainment is shaping our culture right now. Is it ever? Absolutely. I mean, who, who doesn't, who doesn't, delve into their device or a show or a book or, or something on a daily basis. Fiction shapes our culture. And unfortunately, a lot of that fiction is not healthy, right? And our young people are just really latching onto that and making some bad decisions because of what they read and what they hear, and especially in social media. So I think it's really important for those of us who want to do the right thing 
to make it so profound that the young people want to follow. And I think with your books and your new TV show, I think you're, you're going down the right path. I mean, the, the new show breaking strongholds, let's talk about that. Okay. What is, what is the storyline to this show? And, you know, how did you decide one day, like I'm going to be an actor? Well, it didn't, it didn't happen that way, but I'll, I'll tell you how it happened. I was, um, Believe it or not, there was this point in my life where I knew that a change was coming. And I just began to pray, a very simple prayer, that uh, it was God, would you use me to shine your light? And I prayed that for about six or seven months. And um, How did you know that a change was coming? I don't know. You kind of feel it in your spirit. Okay. I don't, that's the way I felt. Okay. Yeah. And were you married at the time? Yeah. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was back in the end of 2018. Kind of felt the change okay. coming. So not that long ago. No, not that long. And started praying for God to use me to shine his light. And I had met a movie producer about seven months prior to receiving a phone call out of the blue from this person. Okay. Saying, hey, I want you to come in and audition for this lead role. And I had met this person in passing. It was like. Wait a minute. Hold the presses. So like out of the blue? Called you and said, I really want you to audition for this. See, and that's, that's, that's something that everybody has to decide if it was out of the blue. For me, it was a answer to prayers, but it could have been coincidence too, right? Well, I don't believe in coincidence. No? No. Neither does Harry Bosch. He's my favorite character. Everything that happens has a purpose and there's a reason behind it. But the fact that you didn't go out and seek this part or audition on your own proactively, that it found you. Yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't either. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. So it took some time to land the role. You know, I auditioned for it, did some table readings, and and they had to kind of pair me up with an acting coach to see if I could do this. And they realized that I so was how did to... how did that go? Like describe describe one of your classes or or sessions with an acting coach. Well, it was so I'll I'll give you the no, Jerry. Example. You have to be more dramatic. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, they give you very direct feedback, but okay. I, I went in and auditioned a couple of times and then I got a phone call because, because I was a little frustrated with the process, you know, but they were trying to make the best decision. You know, this is a mm-hmm. big, this is a big commitment. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I mean, it could be a very big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was called in for maybe a second or third audition ish. And, uh, it was with the female lead. I'm the male lead in the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And they had us read some lines and what they wanted. I think what they wanted to know is one, if I could get into character and two, if I could take feedback and make changes on the fly, because you have to do that as an actor, because when people write a story and then it's acted out, it's not always the same as the intended writing, you know, is, is scripted. Mm-hmm. So the actors have to make a change. No, I don't want you to, you know, exhibit that emotion. It's really supposed to be this emotion. They wanted to see if I had that in me. And Very so, interesting. So you had to improvise a little bit. Totally. Okay. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the acting coaches we have is a SAG actress. She she had been in a couple things, a full length movie. So she was the one that was really giving the producer the feedback. And she said after this, you know, forty five minutes of rehearsal, that okay, I think he has it in him. So it was really your the, the co star of this 
TV series that gave you the the green light. So no, it was actually an actress from a former movie. She's oh, okay. a SAG actress. I okay. was I was uh, auditioning with the co oh, lead okay. of the show. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Can can you say who this actress was or? Yeah, Angela. Um, I'm trying to remember her or her new name. It was Angela Gretens, but uh, yeah, Angela. She's a fantastic lady. Great. Yeah. And so she she was obviously extremely helpful getting you to where you needed to be for this part. So now you're, have you, you filmed all the episodes? We filmed four. Four. Okay. So you're halfway. Halfway. And so what do you think? Oh man, it's such a cool process to really? see where we've come since we filmed the pilot. Because what happens is we, we went out and we filmed the pilot and that took months and it took a lot of time in editing and a lot of, a lot of other hurdles, but we got that done first. And then we started, there was some, there was some time to get to develop, meld with the other characters, improve your acting. And I'm acting with a lot of real deal actors who have gone to school and are still going to school. They, they go to acting classes. And so it's neat to see how far the actors have come, myself included, mm -hmm. from the pilot. Now the pilot's fantastic. It's gripping. Right. But right. we've taken it up a notch. Awesome. So it's neat to see that. So the last four episodes, I mean, don't, don't, don't say anything that you shouldn't, but is it going to be such that obviously there's going to be another season? So what happened is um, about halfway through the show at about four episodes, I was called in to the writer's room and, and the female, uh, the Jerry, writer, we the have main, a, we have a conversation we need to have with you or <laughs> not, not so much. So it was all good. Well, they knew I was a writer. So okay. they wanted me to contribute and I helped with the last part of the show. So I've read That's, the entire, that is fantastic. I helped, I helped with some of the writing really kind of the man stuff because okay. our, our writer who developed the story, which is absolutely incredible. She's a female. There was a lot of heavy dialogue. There was a lot of, um, you know, female emotions, because that's what they go through. So mm -hmm. having a male's style and opinion on the writing, who happens to be a writer, um, in this, in, kind of in the genre, this suspense drama, mm -hmm. um, was, was beneficial, I think. And uh, it's it just keeps getting better. That's great. Yeah. You're obviously having a lot of fun doing this. I, I was just thinking today as I was driving up here, uh, I'm, I'm in my sweet spot. Feel like I'm in my sweet spot. That I'm that I'm really thankful. And you know the way you can know that, or at least the way I know it. How's that? I'm not digging around in my past or digging around in my future, which means I'm not time traveling. I'm not uh -huh. going back to my past saying, "Oh, I screwed up here. I made these mistakes, and I made a lot of mistakes." So it's easy for me to time travel. That's and true I'm for not, all of us. But going in the past serves no purpose. And I'm not traveling to the future saying I need to do this, this, and this to be happy. I'm in just today. I'm just in these day tight compartments and uh, it feels good. And I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So the future for Terry Weaver is in acting, writing, both. Yeah, I've, I've made a decision that I'm going to continue writing. Okay. I think it's, I think it's a way to leave an impact. Yeah. Well, you, you do a great job writing, so I would encourage you to continue that for sure. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, as long as I feel like I'm serving a purpose and I'm able to do good through acting, I'll continue and continue to improve and perfect the craft, and I'm having fun doing that. So do you see yourself ever like in a movie? 
Well, I think it's possible. This Absolutely, it's company, possible. Yeah, there are production companies produced full length movies, multiple more than more than the TV series. So I think every, the way the industry is going now, TV series is the way the industry is going. Okay. So um, either one would be fine for me. It's not like I have a goal of being in a full length movie. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But that is just that is so exciting. You're like on on uh, cloud nine. Right, got to pinch yourself to make sure this is real. Yeah, a lot has happened to you over the last just short period of time, like four or five years. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think You've it goes accomplished a lot. Yeah, you know, I had a big turning point when I was. Uh, it was actually eight years ago. Um, eight years ago yesterday, I quit drinking. Okay, and I was a I was a uh, I, I was a drinker, and I drank too much. Okay. And I finally hit a turning point in my life where I just knew I was defeated by it. And you, so you recognized it. Did Shelly help you out with that as well? Totally. Yeah. 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 And God helped me. I mean, I really turned things over and said, Hey God, I need, I need some help. I'd tried everything humanly possible. And, uh, so back in, uh, October 27th of 2013, was it? Yeah. So almost eight years ago to the day. Yeah. That was a big turning point. Now it's not like I was wasn't doing much until then. I was finished. I I had a great career. Sure. I'd finished college. I'd done the military thing. I'd got scholarships. But really, man, when I was able to focus and put down my vice, then yeah. then I was able to get some good traction. And now you're living your life's purpose. I think so. You know what your purpose is. It's defined. You're living it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations on all the success you've uh, experienced. Thank you. And I know there's going to be a lot more. Thank you. So it, it, as you get up every day and, and know that I'm going to go out and film an episode or I'm going to write a new chapter in my book, what, what is it that in each day that inspires you the most? And then on the flip side, what is it that gives you the greatest challenge to keep going? Well, good question. I think the most inspiring is what is possible. And I think, I mean, the sky's the limit. Why can't, why can't we be the next Stephen King, right? Mm-hmm. If you read Stephen King and if you read, watch his interviews and if you read his craft books, he has a book called On Writing. It's one of my favorites. He talks about this. He's mm-hmm. no different than us. He just put in the hard work. He kept going. He trained. He worked on his skill set. He calls it his toolbox. Mm-hmm. And he's made a huge impact. Now, my impact will be different than his, um, but he's made a massive impact in this, mm-hmm. in this world, in yes. culture. Yeah. No question about it. And so we can, we can do kind of scary too. books though. They are a little scary. <laughs> you're, you're not going to write scary books. Uh, I write very racy books. I write this last book, whitewashed tomb is a, uh, it's a crime drama, mm-hmm. but it is a, it's a murder. He, yeah. This brand new detective. He's a rookie detective. He's trying to solve a brutal murder. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. I mean, we're obviously going to go out and get the book, no question, but yeah, tell us a little bit more so, about it. So, um, yeah, the, the book plays right plays out right here in in the area. So the first clue pops up. So north of Houston. North of Houston to begin with, but it, he travels down into Houston, um, but but there are body parts that are being left. So Yeah, I read that. That's kind of e. It is e. <laughs> Like just body parts like left. Turning up his clues. Yeah, yeah. So there's somebody okay. leaving these clues. 
anyway, he is, uh, this character, if there's one, um, word that describes him, it would be, um, relentless because he's going to find out why this, who did this. And he knows that every day that goes by, it's less likely because these cases get colder. Right. Right. Cold. You've heard of Mm -hmm. cold cases. These Mm -hmm. are cases that have been left unsolved for too long. Yeah. Every day that goes by, this case gets colder and he's on the trail. He goes through a lot of tough stuff in the book, but, but this word relentless that kind of Mm -hmm. makes him up, Mm -hmm. he gets after it. Wow. And what was your inspiration for this story? Well, you know what? I would rather leave that unsaid. Okay. So the main, Fair enough. the main, uh, the main story, believe it or not, comes from a very old, old book. The, the, the way that this person is dismembered. Yikes. And so the, the murder actually comes from a very old book. Um, okay. But uh, that's some of the inspiration. It's pretty intriguing. But you, you know, we, we go through these hero journeys. You know, I'm sure you've gone through some incredible things in your life and there's probably been multiple turning points, but maybe one big turning point where there was so much pressure, Mm -hmm. so much pressure on your life. You felt like you were going to crack, but there was a breakthrough Mm -hmm. and things started to turn around slowly, but surely. And then you started to grow and develop and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, now you're far along in life. This is the hero's journey, right? Trying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Every day. Yeah. So now what is your uh, greatest challenge? every day to keep going and, and, uh, keep writing and keep acting and, you know, thinking I think of these cool stories. I, I think the greatest battle in anyone in anyone's life, and I don't really want to speak for that, but the greatest battle in my life is the, is the battle that rages in my own head where I tell myself that, why am I doing this? I'm not good enough. I have all these self-limiting beliefs and breaking through that. Totally self-imposed. Daily, Terry. Yeah, it's totally daily, self-imposed. It's a daily battle. That's the biggest challenge okay. every single day. Now, if you look at my resume or my track record, it says differently. It sure does. But, but what the stuff on the paper says isn't necessarily what translates. And, you know, it's not the thinking well, we have in our mind. We're, we are our own worst enemy. That's right. There's truth to that. And when we get up in the morning and we don't put on that positive, I'm going to attack this day and make things happen attitude, then, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. That's right. And the challenges are going to be profound. Yeah. And I think that's where faith comes in. Always. Yeah. Always. So, and I'm glad you mentioned that. What do you say to those folks who would argue with you or debate whether faith is really important? You know what? I I posted something out on social media at the beginning of the year and I should, you know, whether I should or shouldn't have, that's a different story. But I also put it in this, uh, close knit community and man, I got attacked. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got jacked up because from every angle because you said, well, it was interesting. I, I said, you know, uh, a godless society won't last essentially, but I went into a, a diatribe, you uh-huh. know, and it wasn't meant to be negative. It was meant to be, it's what I really believe. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was interesting because I got the, you know, the, the people who don't believe like I, and they, they just reamed me. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about 80 or a hundred of them, but there were people that did believe in what I said. They wouldn't weigh in. However, they were shooting me text messages. Thank you for saying this. They send me an yeah, email. But they're not going to go and mix it up. They make me a phone call. Yeah. They, they won't say it publicly. Yeah. Right. So 
there's this quote from Anise Nin. It says, life expands in and contracts in proportion to our courage. I love that quote. Oh, my gosh. Say that yeah, again. That I, is good. Life expands and contracts in proportion to our courage. I love that. So the way that I handled that is I just tried to be objective and not deride anybody or put anybody mm-hmm. down. Just, mm-hmm. look, this is what I believe. I love you. Even if we're fighting about this, I still love you. I love your spirit. Yeah. And, but the thing is, you're not fighting, right? No, I'm just stating I mean, my opinion and defending it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I've had people say to me, hey, you know, I really, as a coach and consultant, I really like what you're doing, but, you know, you have that core value about faith. Yeah. And I just can't sign on to that. You're going to you're gonna try to turn me into some, you know, Jesus freak or something? And I'm like, No. But that's part of who I am. Yeah. That's my foundation. And so I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to debate uh, with somebody if they say, hey, faith isn't important. But I am going to say, if you don't have faith, your life is going to be a whole lot more challenging. Oh, totally. And not as rewarding. So think about what you do every day, how you make your decisions, how do you keep yourself accountable? And if it's not by faith, then how is it done by? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's got to be tough. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Man, this has been great. Thank you so much for spending time. It's been wonderful to hear about your show, your books. And I know, Terry, that the future is going to be really, really exciting. Well, thanks for the encouragement, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how can people learn more about you, your books? And watch the show. Well, all the books are online, uh, Amazon.com, or you can go to TerryWeaverBooks.com, and um, BreakingStrongholds.com, or you can look us up on all the social media channels, Breaking Strongholds TV. Okay, BreakingStrongholds.com. Yep, or Breaking Strongholds TV TV. on the social media channels, yeah. Very good. And what is the one thing, because every episode I want people to walk away with at least one nugget of useful information that they can take away. There was a lot that we talked about today, but what's like the one, maybe two things that you want people to walk away with? Yeah, I think I've already said one, this, this quote uh, from Anise Nen, life expands and contracts and in proportion to our courage. I believe that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's also a uh, quote that I love from, man, I always get Ralph Waldo and and Henry Thoreau, but I believe this was Henry Thoreau. He said that uh, most men live lives of quiet desperation. Most men lives live lives of quiet desperation yeah look that up just google search that the whole quote is out there but it is absolutely true don't live in desperation no no life life is not meant to be lived in desperation it's not it's supposed to be lived to its fullest every single day but it's up to us to make that happen that's right right terry thank you so much it's been a pleasure i hope sometime in the future you'll come back i will awesome very Thank good. you, Jeff. I appreciate you doing this and having me on and everything you do for our community. Oh, it's totally my pleasure and privilege. I love it. I love what I do every single day. So everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in Understandable Solutions. I'm grateful. I know you got at least one, one or two nuggets out of today's episode. I'd like to know what that is. You can email me at jeff at understandablesolutions.com. And just let me know 
what was most profound and what resonated the most with you with my conversation with Mr. Terry Weaver. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope today was a great day. I hope tomorrow's even better. Peace, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Understandable Solutions. We hope we met our goal and remember that was for you to walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. And tell us what that is. We want to know. Be sure to review us favorably on your favorite podcast platform. 